cut you the chase, okay? What are you guys selling? If you're drowning and I throw you a life jacket, would you grab it? Yes, good. Pick up 200 shares. I won't let you down. Pay him. Pay that man his money. Ask them how they'd like to see 30, 40% returns. What are they gonna say? No? I don't want to see those returns. Where's the money, Lebowski? You're going to make a lot of money, right? Be aggressive. Learn how to push. Show them a 3% return, and I'll trust you to watch his kids for the weekend. I'm a big fan of money. Move around. Motion creates emotion. I did not know that. That's it. I'm done. Hello, my page, Stats and Jacks. I'm Tom Allen. on the board. S&P futures up 17. NASDAQ futures up 54. They're down day yesterday, but not very much. We weren't down very much in the S&P or the NASDAQ. We were down on the Dow. Dow was down 400. Uh, Dow was coming back about 100 and some of that. But the Dow was, took some hits, mostly Caterpillar. But the rest of the market was not down that much. I mean, it was not down hardly at all. In fact, it was... Uh, do we have Mr. Kevin? You do. What's up, man? How are you? Um, actually, quite good, because I wrapped up the summer term yesterday, so... <laughs> I'm off for a few days. You wrapped it up and, and mailed it, or what? Uh, uh, um, the uh, uh, the grades have to be in. So, um, you know, the last classes are last week, and then you have a few days to grade all the final assignments, which are usually projects. So you read them all over and give some, you know, serious thought and valuable feedback. And I and I'm not being sarcastic about that. You really do, you know, uh, you really do have to give them a lot of attention. And so that's quite a bit of work, and they're all trickling in these uh, last couple of days. And so you've got a midnight deadline on on the Tuesday night after the term ends. After that, it's locked, and you have to go to a whole lot of trouble to get submit somebody's grades once the system gets locked. And so you, you're up against the clock, and you got to do it. F F F F F. Well, I could do that. Well, but, you know, I'm a, I'm a softy. What oh, can I, I say? Um, hey, I was at a. It's, it, it's uh, it, it, for me. If you come to every class and you do all your assignments, you're going to get a good grade. Well, that's good. Which would make many of my undergraduate professors laugh about that. Always come into class part. Uh, so, what does that say about you guys and our buddy Slim? Um, slackers, but you know, we I had graduate uh, graduate school for the enriching educational experience. Yes. Just a word to the wise, Eliani. If you ever go back to school, mm. um, we had a, we had a friend who started out with we had a three seven out of four his freshman year, which kind of carried him the rest of the way as he, shall we say, somewhat degraded toward his education. Oh. <laughs> and the only thing that saved him, he had enough kind of credits, but his grade average was getting down to were barely graduatable. Uh, is that a word? Uh, uh, no. But if if, <laughs> you, if if you're gonna if you're gonna cut class, uh, cut them all. Because he went to the first class in some class and some whatever it was, <laughs> some subject, and never went back. So the guy forgot he was in class, and instead of giving him an F, he just didn't give him a grade. That's how he graduated. <laughs> you know, whatever. You know what? And and, and it just just to be clear, you're talking about a sometime listener of Stocks and Jocks yeah. to this day. So. <laughs> Wait a minute! There could be any one of our guys that sort of fits that bill, it could be, and and it could it could have been a lot of our guys. Yeah, no. I, I remember before leaving the semester, um, you know, one of them, uh, uh, you know, go, walking around campus with one of them who was slipping some notes under professor's doors, basically asking for mercy. Oh God, Jesus! Well, then we had another guy who uh, he didn't he didn't 
he missed the first test, so the guy let him take it later because he never went to class. And he actually got somebody's notes from the test, so he actually did pretty well, even though he didn't know any of the material. But he'd been to a few classes. So in the second, he missed the next test, and the or the final or something. And he says he, he did the mercy thing, and the guy goes, "Okay," but this time the guy changed the test. And he hadn't been to class, didn't have any notes, but he did have he had gotten a test from somebody who actually took it, right? So he goes in, realizes it's a different test. After about thirty seconds, writes thanks for the chance on top of the paper, and walks out. Huh. Didn't, didn't even the fake, nerve. Didn't even fake like he <laughs> he was going to give it a shot. Like he yeah, didn't, didn't even, even try to bluff his way through it. Didn't even, um, anyway, these are these are now pillars of society, by the way. Or these, are, these are now uh, some of some of your uh, people who have been leaders in important places uh, military lot, other places a lot of years yeah so it, it's, uh, someone once said I don't remember who the quote is the world is run by C students uh, that's um, isn't that the truth um. at, at, <laughs> at, at any rate um, uh, you know it, uh, undergraduate hell of a lot of fun yes <laughs> um, um, graduate school very very hard work but you know the word part is I uh, as you might have guessed I was uh Somebody who actually did, like, if you actually did go to class and did what you were supposed to do, you didn't really lose much time. You, you still had a lot of fun. Yeah, but you still, but you had to, you had to walk all the way over there. Uh, yeah, in the rain, both, you know, uphill both ways, you know, that kind of <laughs> thing. Uh, no, it was worse if you had to walk over there in good weather, because that was like, well, oh, no, I'd rather not. It's nice out. <laughs> but, but, but I just never could find a whole lot to do at 10 in the morning. I mean, if, if I wasn't in class, I mean, what do you, what do you the bar, you couldn't go to the bar. and then we sleep. Did, well, you could, but if you went yeah, to... And, and we never had any alcohol around the uh, around the dorm. Yeah, you know, I, I was or always... Or anything a, else. I didn't want to start drinking until after we played ball. Some of these people did not care, I'll tell I you know. what. Well, that's the truth. Tell you what. <laughs> well, that's the, uh, uh, my buddy went to Arizona State, said he would go to class, uh, and he would, uh, um, He'd see guys on, on the quad, you know, doing frisbee. He'd come back from class four hours later. The same guys were out there throwing, throwing the frisbee all day long. That's all they were just—they just got high and threw the frisbee. I mean, you think you'd get tired of that, but uh, evidently it's that froth life, you know. Yeah. So hey, Kevin, did you just just out of uh, the blue here? But ask Wayne. We have Wayne Manson coming on later. Our man Russell's up in Alaska. I uh, want to hit him up on some of this stuff, but I want to—I got some, some serious stuff to talk about you because I had a long conversation with my. My my nephew this weekend as I usually do, um, the uh, but I I'm going to ask Wayne specifically. But have you, have you have you heard all the chatter regarding Wikipedia's essentially assault from Washington regarding the recession definition? Oh yeah, it, it was actually pretty funny. Yeah, um, because uh, yeah, you had uh, you know people editing it like crazy. Yeah, and and they couldn't keep up with it. And they weren't just editing the definition of recession. If there was any word, you know, you, if you saw the word recess, which is not to be confused with rec- uh, um, uh, recession, uh, and re- uh, recession, which is commonly known as two consecutive quarters of negative growth. And so, you know, anything, if it rhymed with recession, if it, uh, if it, uh, if, if the word, heck, it was practically if the word began with R, someone went in there and, and made a reference to it, and they, and they just couldn't keep up with it. I think it it, it was a hilarious effort. Well, I'm, um, I'm here reading it, and I don't know if it's still going on, and how many vets no, they, uh, they were left. They uh, they they 
essentially stopped all the edit, edits of the recession page in Wikipedia. But it wasn't just that page. It was it right. was things that had nothing to do with recessions. And, of course, people were then, you know, uh, taking screenshots of them and posting them on social media. Uh so it's like, like I said, it wasn't just the recession page. It could have been, it could have been stocks and jocks where they talk about yeah. the economy, and and often uh, uh, often refer to recessions as uh, by the commonly accepted definition of two consecutive quarters of negative growth. I mean, it would be something like that. So you know, how would they how would they find that in Wikipedia in every instance? And they couldn't. Well, here's how. If you could, it, there could have been a page about baseball, and somebody would have found a way to work the definition of recession into it. Recession, isn't that when your hair doesn't go out as far as it used to? Could be. Could be. Well, here, I'll, I'll give you a quick... Uh, in economics, this is the new one now, or heavily edited, a recession is a business cycle contraction. Doesn't have to be a business cycle contraction. When there is a general decline in economic activity, recessions generally occur when there is a widespread drop in spending, an adverse demand shock, okay, this may be triggered by various events such as a financial crisis, <laughs> 2000, an external trade shock, whatever the hell that is, an adverse supply shock, the bursting of an economic bubble, or a large-scale anthropogenic, what is that, or natural disaster, what's an, an anthro, i.e.g. a pandemic. The low definition of recession varies between different countries and scholars, Two consecutive quarters of a decline in a country's real gross domestic product is commonly used as a practical definition of recession. In the United States, a recession is defined by a National Bureau of Economic Research, NBER, as a significant decline in economic activity spread across the market. The market. should be the economy. Lasting more than a few months. Who cares about the market? Lasting more than a few months, normally visible in real GDP, real income, employment, industrial production, and wholesale retail sales. Here's the kicker, though. In the United Kingdom, it is defined as negative economic growth for two consecutive quarters. <laughs> so they, they snuck the old definition in there and said, it's those, those limeys that are doing that, you know, God. I, I, no, I don't. Well, what's, it, it, I, I think it's funny, I, you know, it, look, this is, this is Orwellian stuff. You yeah. Know, oh, it, yeah. It, it, because it, it isn't just this. There is so much language now that is just getting re-engineered and things that are getting redefined and, you know, word salads that they keep coming up with to, uh, to do this. And, and, you know, so while it's funny, uh, at the same time, it's dangerous. Well, sure it is. Without a doubt. My, my question, and I'm going to... For, for and, 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 boy, if you don't speak the, the language properly, you are subject to censure. You know, there's, there's a lot that, you know, there is stuff that can happen to you, and that's... You know that includes um, you know employers. It inc- you know there's there's just so much bad stuff that happens in here, and we've seen it, and we see some pushing back on it too. We mean you know we've seen it with Disney as an example, um, and the Disney Corp. Um, you know it, it, this is just it, I I don't know when this became a regular thing. I you know I know people have been trying to re-engineer the language for a long time, but it just seems like over the last year or two that uh, that it's had this whole punitive punitive angle to it. It, it goes in, in one man's opinion, Kevin. Yeah, I don't usually I'm not on the leading you along this road. I'm probably not leading you, but uh, somehow, it, and I can't put my finger on, on exactly the connection. But we have decided 
we, you saw it a lot during the COVID, but it's it must be happening in other places. I think it's I think it's happening in the medical community regarding different treatments. But here's here's right. I think it was really pretty hard for uh, for the you know say the government wanted to do it or didn't want to do it, but it was pretty hard to to corral doctors into thinking one way. All right, I mean it was I, I bet it's a lot like herding cats, pretty much. Uh, but now that every doctor can't really make it on his own, and they join these groups, the, the, the concierge medicine stuff, where you pay, you know, every month, and the guy's got all this backup and all this stuff, they, be, they they form these billing groups and these groups that they're in. Some of them even have to go back to like doing emergency room on the weekends, and because the group covers all the stuff, stuff that the Constitution specifically says the government can't do to you, is falling to the your your essentially your employer. And I don't, I, I, boy, I don't know. And, and we're, and it's, it dovetails with and, this. And because employers are tied, you know, are, t- are tied into government. Right. You know, they're, they're, they're so reliant in many cases on government largesse that they have to fall in line. They have to fall in line. And, and I honestly don't know. I mean, I'm sure no lawyer, and if I was, I wouldn't be a brilliant one. I don't know how to combat that. But to me, it's clear as a bell. Uh, I know a doctor, lady doctor. Who is a? Uh, I don't. She has her own concierge stuff, but I don't think she joined a group. I think it's just her. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of those that have popped up over the last uh, well since Obamacare. Well, she was in partially in a group. Actually, she might have had a letter from the state board that if uh, that if if she said anything against the COVID treatment and the vaccines and came out against it, that she would lose her license or something. I don't see how. Yep. I mean, I, in other words, I, I, I don't see how the city can't tell you what to say or do legally, although well, they try to anyway, but they can tell me as your employer, if you want a license in the city, you better shut that guy up. I, I, somehow, somebody has to recognize because, this other than what is the First Amendment about? That the government does not have the right to shut you up, but you don't have, uh, you don't have that right with your employer. The problem is that when government agencies, like you're describing, are threatening to pull licenses, that is the government violating the First Amendment. What I think what the weird part is, Kevin, and I, don't, I know you've been there, Eliani maybe has not. Uh, when I was on, like I said, I always say that the people at the CBOE when I was there, I really enjoyed my time on the board. I was not happy with the progress I made when I was there uh, in terms of what the market looks like now compared to what it was then. So I can't say, I, I might have put my finger in a dike, but it was in a dike very shortly. Um, but the people were, they were honest, but the bureaucracy, Eliani, if you've, if you've never been involved, it's its really the, one of the best lines in all of, of you know uh, movies was uh, Claude Rain saying that he, he bends with the wind, and right now the wind is coming from Vichy, talking about Vichy, France. Right. And, uh, I mean, you, you could, the policy was, even if nobody would ever say, we're going to let like the big firms do what they feel like on the floor, and we're not going to go after them. No one would ever say that. They were way too smart. Yet at the hallway, if you, your hair would like be up in the air like you're behind a Learjet with the wind saying, "Don't say too much about these firms. We need the business. Whatever you do, don't go after them. Don't bring them up before business conduct. Don't make a complaint on the floor." Everybody just knew. You know, you don't even have to to write it down. Well, yeah. And uh, and it, it's amazing how human <laughs> Dr. Jane I used to. Argue all the time when uh, who was the guy that ended up going to to jail from uh, Smith Barney? 
when he, because of the way back in the day, Kevin. Uh, because his back in the day, people would give uh, uh, what do you call it, recommendations on stocks, and then all of a sudden, they found out they weren't always what, what this guy was was doing something for the company, and then he put out the he changed the recommendation. He ended up I don't know somebody got in deep trouble with it, and because uh, all of a sudden Smith or was Smith or City Group at the time, whoever. Uh, was was now going to do uh, what do you call them? merger and acquisition? Mergers and acquisition. It was like tele- acquisition. Yeah, it was it was like uh, telephone. It was telephone was a company? So this guy was negative on telephone, and he made him change his uh, um, his opinion on telephone because they were going to be hired to do a merger for him. And then somehow there was a big brouhaha, and the guy ended up going to jail. I think I don't know how he got. But it, one of the most amazing. Uh, this is a little, a little too much for uh, people in the morning, but. In the movie, uh, was it Major League, where, where Dorn, the third baseman, comes up to the manager and goes, here's right in my contract, it says I don't have to do push-ups. <laughs> and, uh, and the manager doesn't say a word, and he wings the contract on the ground, pulls out whatever, and pees on it, and just walks away. Huh. Now, now, there obviously is, is communication without words. Is that a fair statement? Of course. That yeah. is a very fair statement. <laughs> so, I mean, I, th- this is starting to happen, but... The thing that I was thinking last night, and maybe maybe uh, Wayne, he's a little away from Washington a little while. My question, Kevin, whose job is it in the White House or someplace? Where I don't know where else it would be. Could be the Fed, I guess. I don't know. Whose job is it? Who are we paying to do this crap? Is there is there a job? I mean, obviously in George Orwell's book, there were people that was their job. What was the bureau? It was a bureau of something something. Uh, it actually was a bureau, right? Yeah, there was a ministry. Uh, it might have been Ministry of Truth. Well, I think it was. Yeah. <laughs> remember, remember, we were going, you know, before they, they got forced to back off, We were the, uh, the White House was going to hire somebody who is in charge of um, uh, managing disinformation. That was, that was only a couple months ago. I mean, but is there, a, there has to be a meeting held somewhere, you would think, where somebody says, now what about this recession stuff? Are we, we're going to get two quarters of... Uh, but we're not going to we're not going to admit that to this recession. So we got to fight everybody who comes back at us with this. You know. By the way, don't forget that Wikipedia place. I mean, who who holds that meeting and who are the people sitting there? I'm just curious. I mean, I'll never find out. But yeah, well, it, it's a good question. Um, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know the answer. Uh, although, you know, you did see that over the couple of weeks before the uh, GDP announcement that the White House was scrambling to uh, re- uh, redo the definition uh, because they knew what was coming. Yeah, and probably trading on it. So they, they were, you know, it was it was coming out of the out of the White House. Um, so you know who it was was it the was it a, a party operatives uh, operatives was it people who had been campaign officials uh, or was it people who actually work for us who are there to uh, provide the disinformation? But as we go through it. It's it's as bad as anything I have ever seen uh, in, in terms of uh, you know trying to control the language and trying to punish those who don't uh, get in line. I mean you know remember when we thought uh, you know the, the Nixon administration was horrible? They look like pikers now. Well, that's right. And I, of, the know, one I think uh, trying to do to control narratives. The one I think that actually. Uh Started a lot of it is uh, is you know I don't know if he did it on purpose or whatever but it was your buddy Slick Willie he because they that was the first time I heard of it now it could have been who knows Eisenhower could have done it but uh, the first time I heard of uh, the, the 
those guys and the, the dovetailing between what you say to people and what they want to hear when he was he was allegedly now was he or the party or somebody again we'll talk about that in a second uh, he was having focus groups for various speeches that he was going to give trying to find out what people wanted to hear and if it was a positive response yeah I don't think that was all that new I, I, well, it, it wasn't new in the sense that I, I think it was. It was. It might have been a new application. Um, uh, but I would be. I don't know. Did you ever go to those things? They were right, Doctor J. Yeah, I, I did a couple of focus groups. You ever do one of Yeah, they were interesting. No, I haven't. Well, back in the day, um, my friend Robin somehow she meets this older lady, and uh, well, when, back when we were young, and uh, and the lady. Uh, f- had to fill up these focus groups, and sometimes people would bag out at the last minute. But you got this is 1981, you know, so you get you get 100 bucks a night. So it was, it was mo- some were 100, some were 75. You'd have to go and sit there, and they'd pop up with a product, and they'd do all kinds of stuff, and you'd hear people's reactions to certain stuff. And it, the, the people show was spectacular. Plus, John and I'd go out. We'd we'd we'd, we'd, we'd take like forty a piece and head to the bar and spend the other twenty. But you know, so we, had, we you know we did that we did that like a couple times a month, <laughs> just just for just for last. But the people were bizarre. You know, they had they had, they had a thing about uh, sports cars one night, and uh, they said, "What's your opinion of like a Mercedes sports convertible convertible versus a uh, like a Ford?" Because Ford had just come out with one. The guy goes, well, if she's in the Mercedes and she's a blonde, she's like a hooker. <laughs> where, where did that come from? <laughs> she couldn't have bought it herself. I'm talking about back before, you know, everybody's sitting there going, who is this idiot? But, you know, but they, they write all this stuff down because you never know what people's responses really are. Well, and hookers buy products. Well, that's true. I mean, uh, so anyway, but, but the first time I ever heard of a politician, I mean, I, I can't imagine having a, you know, if, if suppose we were on worldwide radio the night before, saying what I was going to say in front of a bunch of people to see their response and changing my my, my version of the truth, I, mean, I could never do that. But obviously, Clinton, Clinton had no problem with it. But I, well, I, yeah, that, I mean that was Bill Clinton anyway. Yeah. Is, uh, um, is, he, he was uh, BS or supreme, <laughs> and I'm I, I'm being kind about that. Um, but yeah, he could talk anybody into anything anyway. But he but he could go Apparently. to the far left. And get some big check from the guy and walk away and not even care what the guy, guy even stood for. Just here's my check. He, he was probably the best at getting, like, Bush couldn't do that. I mean, he went to the far right. He actually think he, owed, he actually thought he owed those guys. Where Clinton never never even thought he owed anybody. <laughs> they both got there, the same. There was to, a, uh, um, I forget who told the joke. It was one of the late night people. Um, but Clinton was so in love with, uh, with, with fundraising. Like you said, he'd take the check from anybody and tell them anything they wanted to hear. Um, but uh, the, the joke was that uh, Hillary caught him having uh, phone sex with Monica Lewinsky, uh, and, but but she just thought he was fundraising. Okay. Oh, <laughs> well, the uh, remember the Secret Service guy who said at the at one, at one day he had uh, um, Monica was at the gate, so they wouldn't let her in. Hillary was looking for him, and he was down having sex on one of the pool tables. Now, if I ever get Invited the White House to shoot pool. I always be wondering if that was the pool table I was using with uh, what's her name, Eleanor Mondale. So he had three women going at the same time. Two pissed at him because they couldn't find him, and one one on the pool table with him. You gotta love you know, it. E- even even back in the day when I was young and energetic, 
three women at the same time would have been much more than I ever would have tried. Oh, I would to never. I, I would have no no interest in that. Absolutely zero. The logistics and the you know, I, you, know you just can't keep it straight. I don't think I could have uh, had two girlfriends at the same. Oh time. God, no, me neither. Unless I know some German guy who did two girlfriends of the same name. That would make it easier. That would uh, that would make it easier. You know, you really got to work it though. If you want to work it right, you have the same birthdays and all of that kind of stuff. Oh, I don't. Did you ever? Uh, there's a book. Uh, we break. Uh, Eliani, probably way past your time. There's a book called The Bonfire to Vanities. And there's a couple of chapters in there that are absolute, in my mind, must read for people, just in terms of uh, of how life is. And the guy had, uh, had had the wife, who was an absolute piece of work, and of course he had the mistress. And he'd leave the the place where the wife was bitching at him big time, never had enough money, even though she had everything. And then he'd go right to the mistress, and it, the, the same conversation would start. But I'm thinking, why would somebody put themselves through this twice in one day, let alone once? Like, well, and at some point you got to <laughs> say, okay, if I'm having the same conversation with two different people, yeah. maybe it's me. Maybe it's me. Yeah, maybe I'm just picking the wrong ones. Anyway, I just, I'm kind of curious, though, on something like this with, with us, change, us people trying to change, you know, basically uh, the truth in this country. Is, is this a, a White House thing? Is it, is it a... Or is it a party thing? What do you suppose the dovetail, and maybe uh, Wayne will have a better view of this, what do you suppose the dovetail is between the party and the president once you're in office? We'll talk about that a little bit after the break. I mean, uh, you know, do they come to you and say you can't do this because it's going to screw us up in the midterm? Do they try and influence seriously? The, and, who, and who exactly are they? I mean, who, who's, who's the, quote, the party? I mean... Talk about a little bit we can back up. SB Futures up 21, SB Futures up 71. Plus, I want to talk to you about this China situation. It's interesting. Be right back, Stacks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands. But you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage healthcare costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630-401-8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, 
Innovation and Human Resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation in the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I did invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now. Right here, right there, right now. Hello and welcome back to Stocks and Jacks. I'm Tom Howell. Eliani on the board. SP futures up 1775. NASDAQ futures up 51. Trying to make a comeback for a couple of down days. But actually, NASDAQ was not down very much yesterday, which we'll go through in a second. Dow's up 139. That's the one it took to hit yesterday. Virtually every Dow stock was just getting whacked. Uh, up down 440 points, leading lead the, lo- the league was like Caterpillar down like 10 bucks. It had earnings. Over in Europe, we've got the uh, DAX up 38.3%. These guys were down yesterday. FTSE up 6, call that flat. Uh, CAC around up 23.4%, so muted, muted to the upside over there. Asia, which had a big down day yesterday, has bounced back a little bit, especially the Nikkei, up 147.5. That's not all the way. Shanghai, however, is down again, 22 points, 0.7%. Hang Seng would have talked about a minor bounce, uh, point, up 77 points, 0.4 percent, but still under 20,000, which is a really yuck for them. Uh, they've been, uh, it's if they stay down there, that's that's kind of a new range almost. Yesterday, the Dow was down 402, like I mentioned. S&P was down 27, Nasdaq was down 20, and Nasdaq's already up uh, 50, so Nasdaq's already taken up where it was down yesterday. The Dow not so much. Uh, bonds up four basis points, but two still 278. Uh, the bond, uh, plus 9. That's a big move for those guys. Back up to 0.87, so maybe they're going to go back to 1% instead of 0. Uh, Japan up 2 basis points to 0.19. Uh, oil uh, down 35 cents, 94.07. Seemingly mired under this 100 hours by a ways without really showing any desire to go back up there, at least not now. Rent down 58 cents, 99.66. Natural gas up 13 cents, 7.83. Arbob up 2 cents, 3.07. We've got gold down 7.90, but still 17.81. Way above the almost, I think, it, I think it traded under 1700 last week. Silver down 15 cents, 1988. Copper down a penny, 350. We've got Bitcoin up 381. We back up over 23,000, 23,392. The firm Robinhood that was doing a lot of stuff with Bitcoin, those guys just keep, they just keep bleeding. They laid off a whole bunch more people yesterday. We also have the uh, dollar versus the euro. Uh, the euro is up 33, so that euro is actually strengthening. But today, yesterday, the dollar was up, but it's at 102. Uh, to the dollar, which is still very low. Uh, Eliani, what do you have for traffic, weather, sports? Thanks so much, Chief. Good morning, everyone. Currently 6.35 a.m. on August 3rd. Let's start with uh, last night's games. Cubs lost to the Cardinals last night. Huge loss, 6-0. 
Sox beat the Royals last night. Huge win, 9-2. And the Diamondbacks beat the Guardians last night, 6-3. Looking at weather in Chicago this morning, let me refresh my page. Currently, uh, cloudy skies, pretty high humidity today. Uh, we have rain coming in the afternoon. Currently sitting at 75 degrees with a high of 89, low of 72. In Phoenix, uh, they have mostly clear skies. Uh, sitting at 90 degrees with a high of 107 and a low of 87. And looking at traffic in Chicago this morning, we have some pretty massive congestion uh, between the 294 Tri-State and 290. Uh, there's traffic already this morning eastbound on 290 from Highway 45 all the way to downtown and westbound between Harlem and North York Street. There is an accident at exit 13. That's the exit ramp for North Avenue, Route 20, Route 12. And that's then also causing congestion uh, northbound on 294 uh, from the I-88-290 ramp to the I-90 connector. We have traffic eastbound on I-90 between the 294 Tri-State ramp and Lawrence. Traffic eastbound on 94 between North Racine and Canalport. Traffic westbound 94 between 35th and West Division. Traffic northbound on 55 between Route 171 and South Damon. And traffic northbound on Lakeshore between East Balboa and East Grand. We still have some road closures to, to consider. Uh, Lollapalooza cleanup is still happening this week. Uh, there are road closures on Jackson and Balboa between South Michigan and Lakeshore Drive. Roads will reopen to traffic on August 7th. And there's also the Windy City Smoke at the United Center this weekend, August 4th through 7th. And that will cause road closures on Madison between Paulina and Damon. Roads should be reopened to traffic by August 8th. That's everything I have. Back to you, Chief. Just close them all up. Close them all up. Get close them out all the, the things. Get them on the burn. Get them on the burn interchange. There's no. Um, Kevin, I want to dig in a little bit here. Is a, but we, we can't uh, forget the at least 15 minutes we need to talk about uh, this. Uh, some of this. I won't refuse to use the word supply chain, even though I just did it. But shall we say, uh, ramping up of skills that seem to have been fallen by the wayside. But let's. Uh, one of my uh, right wing uh, constituents. Uh, <laughs> Very close to me. Sends me this thing. Is the New York Post a, a right wing thing now? I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think it, yes, it's right. Um, anyway, there's an article here by a guy named. I, I don't know if it, it, it might be. I, I, I'd have to think about it. But I was going to say I don't know if it's as right as the New York Times is left, but it might very well be. Um, is today, is today, uh, it, it probably is. Was, was yesterday? This is something you'd see in the New York Post. Was yesterday National Undies Day? Day. What, the, what are they National what day? Undies, underwear day. I always find it weird that we can make literally anything a national holiday. Like, there's National Pancake Day. Yeah. Which I don't mind. I love pancakes, but, like, why? Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I'm in favor of underwear, though, so yeah, yeah, I'm, all, I'm on board. I'll celebrate. <laughs> uh, look, at, look at the headlines in this thing. This, this is great. Here's the full squeeze on the best juice cleanses of 2022. Oh, there's an article. Courtney, it's a pun. It's the a pun. squeeze on it, huh? Courtney Kardashian. There's a better use of language. Yeah. <laughs> Courtney Kardashian uses this twenty-eight hour moisturizer to look good naked. These are headlines. Anyway, uh, I, I digress. Anyway, this guy. This guy. What the hell's his name? Good <laughs> thing that, that that's the important stuff going on in the world. Oh, I know. Um, Harry Casianis Ka- is a writes this article. Now the thing is is dripping with uh, criticism of the Obama Biden stuff, and it, it basically comes down to China here. And I, and I, but I'm, I was always, I'm kind of curious as to just where we actually stand. And I, you know, I read articles, as you know, Kevin, and I, I try and get rid of the liberal and the, and the right-wing crap in there and just read, like, the facts, because I've not seen them anywhere else. Uh, and he was talking about what would happen if we actually had a war uh, with China. I, I'd forgotten this. He goes, uh, to be frank, thinking 
thinking through a path to war is pretty straightforward. What if a missile test off Taiwan's coast goes bad and hits the island nation? Or what if a Chinese pilot gets too close to the fighter escorts Pelosi will undoubtedly use to travel to Taipei safely? It happened in 2001. I forgot all about this. And the Bush administration had to bribe Beijing to get the pilots back and, EP- and the plane back that bumped a Chinese fighter in the, uh, evidently in the air. Um, so I, I didn't realize. I forgot all about that. It says, one thing is clear to me. In various simulations, now this guy must be some military dude, I have fought nearly 20 different U.S.-China wars since 2013. And there's always one constant. Washington loses nearly every con- conflict with uh, Beijing. That means America is no longer the world's global superpower and China reigns supreme uh, in this kind of a limited war he's talking about. Uh, he says, history tells us why. Now, of course, he, he dives into this. Thanks to the Obama-Chiden defense cuts, Biden, defense cuts of the 2010s and the Biden administration today, we have no military. Beijing has built a military ready to win the scenario we potentially face, a showdown over Taiwan. They're not saying about a world war. They're saying this particular war these guys would win. Uh, you know, I mean, immediately, you know, it galls me because and Biden's been there for a couple of years. But before that, 12 of the 20 years, uh, the government has been Republican. And I think, Kevin, you know better than anybody that most of the stuff we do militarily-wise, aircraft carriers, fighter jets, are at least a 20-year project, right, 15 to 20. So you can't pick out, like, one person in the middle when you see a whole degradation of of capability and say it's 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 that president's fault unless he just walked in and like stopped production on on this aircraft carrier and, and this and these jets and stuff and I don't know if anybody ever did that but I'm saying you got to be careful with the blame here but but this is interesting uh, if the dogs of roar did run wild remember that phrase Melian was it cry havoc and let loose the dogs of war was that was that Plato and was Shakespeare too right um, mm, I thought it was Plato I'll look did you ever uh, did you read The Dogs of War, Kevin? Great book. Nope. Oh, it was a great book. Uh, first, Beijing would attack all the ways U.S. forces communicate and share information across the globe. The real but unsexy reason why America is a superpower. China would unleash a massive cyber attack on the U.S. military's command and control of assets, communications nodes, and military bases worldwide. If the U.S. military is blinded, it cannot fight or see what is coming next. At the same time, China would destroy U.S. commercial, spy... What's Plato? That's not so bad for an old dude. I think uh, Shakespeare used it again, which he usually did at Plato's stuff. At the same time, China would destroy U.S. commercial, spy, and military satellites in orbit using sophisticated anti-satellite weapons that has been developing for years and has demonstrated. The U.S. military would then be blind and mute, unable to relay orders to force the strike China back effectively. In other words, if the war stayed right there, according to this guy, we wouldn't have much of a chance. I often wondered, Kevin, how... How vulnerable are these satellites? Do you have any idea? Well, and, and that's a good question. It's it's funny that this should come up today because just as I was, uh, one of one of my students did a final paper on cyber terrorism, and and we were just uh, you know had a little back and forth on uh, on some of the uh, satellite vulnerabilities. I, I you know I I don't think that's the kind of literature that they really publish publicly a lot. I, I, there's probably a way to take a deep dive into it, and I have not. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think that's it's a big deal. Now I do know that we have satellites in orbit, and that nobody said are in orbit, um, and satellites that move into and out of uh, geocentric orbit, uh, and so there's 
there's a lot of tactical. I'm sure there's a lot of evasive capabilities that are in there. But sure, just think about, you know, if if you looked at it from a terrorism standpoint, and and if somebody had the ability to disable them, you know, it could be done with, uh, you know, a, a Stuxnet-like virus or something like that uh, in in their control systems. That, you know, imagine how how dependent we've become on uh, uh, satellites for internet transmissions, satellites for GPS uh, locations. Troop movements are controlled a lot via GPS. This is a good loose subject. You got to ask Lou yeah, well, uh, to talk well, about where, it. Well, uh, here's where here's where it gets worse. Because I'm sure he'll be uh, informative on it. I can I see the risk. I don't know how hardened the systems are. Here's where it gets even. I don't have a feeling for that. Here's where it gets even more dangerous. It's an an interesting scenario. Uh, There, there was a book out in the 1980s called The Third World War, and it was written by some former NATO generals. You know, they were former at the time. They're probably former people by now. Uh, And you know, they had stuff about the war in space even back then. Uh, I, I could imagine that if you started to game it out now, that. You know that how how battles would be fought in space would be a really really interesting topic. Well, in the book, uh, one of Clancy's Red Storm Rising was a uh, was a uh, actually was a was a was a lady pilot, Eliani, uh, and she got her first five kills by shooting up and it was an F fifteen or something hmm. and taking out Russian satellites. It was considered a kill. That if you got up that high, you could you could aim the thing at the satellite and whatever kind of a radar you had, you could take the satellite out now. I don't know if a, if a plane can get up that high now with these higher satellites, but maybe. Hmm. But the, so here's where it gets even more. Anyway, the, the the theme here is sort of would would it be a limited war? And, and in that area, according to this guy, uh, they are much more capable than we are. And would we? Anyway, I'll read the thing. Here's where it gets even more dangerous. Beijing has built up a massive arsenal of cruise, ballistic, and now hypersonic missiles to attack and destroy U.S. bases and warships across the Indo-Pacific region. In other words, if it stays there, they have a huge advantage, according to them. China would attempt to deploy all its military assets all over the region in one giant attack. We would see countless bases destroyed or rendered useless for weeks. Aircraft carriers and cruisers sunk and tens of thousands of U.S. servicemen killed in what would be minutes. Then it comes down to, now what are we going to do? Are we going to start taking the whole thing to the mainland? Are we just going to have no no more taste of this and say, you guys do what you want over there? Uh, you know where, where does Japan fit in? Then all of a sudden it becomes a big toss-up. But I, I don't doubt, uh, Kevin, that close to them in the Taiwan area, we've only got ten aircraft carriers left, and only one of them's over there. And so I mean I don't know. And if, and if we're not willing to hit the mainland bases, all this stuff's coming from. I don't know how we, I don't know how you stop it. Do you? I mean, how could you? Well, I, I don't. I don't even. You know, I I, I don't be. You know, I. Can't even say I'm conversant in this, so it's it's probably you know it would be, you know me me commenting on on something like this is would be sort of like the guy at the end of the bar commenting. Well, actually, Uh, I'm not I'm not not asking uh, you comment unless the guy guy is a physicist at the at the other end of the bar. But what I what I will say is that there's there's a couple of uh, a couple of thoughts that I have on this. One is that. Uh, we we do lurch back and forth with uh, administration by administration when it comes to uh, uh, foreign policy, military commitments, and and so on. And that's that's probably not a good thing. Um, although the executive branch, the president, is the commander in chief, and 
the right to do that. So this is not a situation where um, the executive branch has exceeded its authority, and it's not a good thing because uh, because uh, you know because we can lurch back and forth so much. It, that's just the way it's going. It's going to be, I think. But the the other side of it is there is some value to the other side thinking you're just a little crazy. Yeah. And, and by that I mean, you know, the, the, the perfect example is, is the North Koreans. That everybody knows that they have dangerous weapons. They're, you know, they're, they're a flea uh, on, the, uh, on the back of the dog at, at this point in terms of their significance, except that with the dangerous weapons they can cause an incredible amount of havoc, and people believe Kim Jong-un and his father before him are, uh, are were just crazy enough to use them, and so that that gets a little bit of hesitancy to deal with them. Um, I don't know. I, you know, I, I think that's something that changes president by president, and and you're seeing them take advantage of it. And I, I think you know, I'm not saying this is a strength. It's just it's just the way it was. I think people were thought Trump was just crazy enough to fill in. Then you can fill in the blank. Yeah, well. and people worried about that all the time. And I, I think the, uh, you know, the uh, people like Xi and people like Putin worried about that, too. Well, I mean, this goes back to, uh, I'm not asking you, actually, I really wasn't asking you to comment on, because these, these are blue questions, but I guess what I'm trying to ascertain from you and Eliani, to be honest with you, is, is what would the attitude of people here be? I mean, I, I, you know, as you know, I read a real lot about World War II, and I, one question I, I always have, and I have, there's no way, I mean, I, I can't, people that are from there are all dead. Uh, what if the Japanese would have declared war or, or something or other, two ships would have bumped into each other and the war just started, I'll say, a normal way instead of what people consider, well, was a sneak attack. And uh, if, if we didn't have that outrage, I mean, would we really have done all we had to do and the people we lost, the kids we lost, did we really care that much about the Solomon Islands and the Philippines and all those places, or we would have said, "Look, here's you stay you stay east of uh, west of Hawaii, and this the other stuff's ours. Knock yourself out." I mean, I don't know the answer to that, I mean, and, I, and I've been troubled troubled with that, and I'll go to my grave troubled with it. I, but now, if if this is seen as, are we really gonna gonna have a full world war over over the Taiwan in this country? Does anything anybody really cares other than chips? I mean, I, you know, how far? I mean, if they did the same thing the Japanese did, only without some kind of sneak attack, would we really ramp up and, and, and fight to the death for Taiwan? I, I don't know. I doubt it. I really don't know. Yeah, good, I mean, that's a, that's a really good question. I mean, it's really the um, same scenario, isn't it? Where do we come out on this? Yeah. You know, and and uh, so we, we, we get outraged, and, and of course, you know, the, the events of this week have been uh, intriguing to say the least. I, I you know, I, I think it sort of played out the way it had to play out once. Once Pelosi decided she was going, um, it, it, it's it's funny that the White House tried to dissuade her um, and, uh, and and tried to get her to back off. But uh, uh, you know, which which I, it's actually kind of uh, you know an interesting dynamic. But to my way of thinking. Once they did start saber rattling and say, uh, you know, you can't go. At that point, yeah, she had to just give him the finger and say, I'm going anyway. Who's, who's the guy? I, that... I, I don't, I don't know. You know, <laughs> I don't know how you back down from there. 
Who's the uh, senator to... You know, without looking totally weak. Who's the senator that just gave him the vote for this bill because he took some stuff out of it, allegedly senator? Who's the guy? Oh, Manchin? He was on yesterday, and uh, what's her name? It was You know what? I actually like the girl. Um, tells her name, but the, what the blonde hair was on the afternoon. And, uh, anyway, she it had to be one of the world's worst interviews. I mean, my brother Dan goes, why is she giving so much crap to a sitting senator, for God's sake? She's all over this guy about God knows what. And he, she was over all over about the Pelosi visit. And the guy goes, these people have been our allies for like 60 years. We do business with them every single day. They're, they're part of the companies that we're talking about in his bill. Those are the companies that are putting places over. How are, how are we going to be intimidated by not visiting them? And she, she could not understand what he was talking about. Because these people are our allies. They've been our allies forever. <laughs> how, do, how do we get backed off from visiting them? What, what, how, how do we, how do we get, how do we uh, lose the backbone to show up and visit? Yeah, you know. Yeah, is that the interview where he was uh, he was sitting there uh, uh, saying, you know, when they said you're going to tax people uh, under two hundred thousand dollars, and he was saying that's not true, that's a lie. Is that oh, the one no, I, I don't know. It was just saying it was on yesterday. Anyway, uh, we got eight minutes left. I, my. Uh, well, it, it, real, real God, what was my thought on this now? Never mind. We got eight minutes left. I'll say my, <laughs> my, uh, as, as we're bringing, we'll get it back. As, as we continue to bring, either start up again or bring stuff back, whatever term you want to use, as we, as we try start to ramp up or try to start to ramp up some basic manufacturing in this country. Uh, and it, it, the world is so different now that in my days at Pullman, if Pullman ended up with, uh, you know, all of a sudden we had a, go fast on some parts, you know, something was late. We could outsource that to probably four or five places in the Chicago area and get the stuff back in a week. I mean, Bloomer Fisk had a huge stuff. That's what they did for people. They did stamping and cutting and whatever you needed for parts. They would take care of it, and of course it was more than if you did it yourself, But which always put a big smile on their face, but the fact is, it was available. And my nephew is in this, I've mentioned this before, he's in kind of this business and Kevin, these places are, are, are ramping up, and uh, they just delivered a big conveyor belt to somebody. Um, you know, when I say conveyor belt, it's not rubber; it's a big, you know, metal thing, the whole bit. And it was a big deal. And the guy says, you know, the people that gave us the order just for this belt, for this thing that we need, they just doubled it. We need like two more. And my nephew is getting up to scale there a little bit. He goes, well, for us to get the parts and put this thing together, we're talking January. You know, and, uh, and and he said, plus the guy says, by the way, where can I find a couple of uh, uh, guys that do uh, repair for machines that you have in-house? I've been pulling probably two or three or four of those guys. He said, I had two and one just retired. The other guy's 64. So, I mean, the, there, there's just just a huge hole. In, certainly in an area of Chicago, it used to be the, the manufacturing hub, really. But there were other built cities like this. Cleveland was like this. I mean, Dayton was like this. We were, wherever you needed, somebody could do it, like right now. That whole infrastructure, Kevin, it's not gone, but it's it's really in mothballs. Or I mean, a, a lot of the places are gone. I mean, you drive, take the Orange Line to Midway. You go by all those buildings, sheet and tube, this, this, this. And every one of them was a supplier to somebody. And the reason why they were is because somebody needed it, right? Now all of a sudden we say, right. okay, you know, all of a sudden now we're going to say, we, we, but I mean, we will ramp up, but I, I can't believe from what a small, a small base, these companies now have been used to fixing parts from stuff that was imported overseas, which actually is fairly lucrative because you're not going to send a part back to Korea to get it fixed. 
Uh, but now you're asking them to build the whole machine. And I, I am really stunned at how, how weak the bench is on this. I mean, I guess I should have known it, but I, but I didn't. Yeah, there's a, a, a really great website that you can uh, uh, look uh, online called onetonline.org, O-N-E-T online.org, um, where they have everything about every occupation, and you can, you can look them up. Um, and what the uh, what the employment outlook looks like for them, and I would imagine if I were to sit here and, and do a search on uh, on equipment repair, uh, uh, manufacturing equipment repair, that it's going to have a really bright outlook from a career standpoint. It's going to have the pay scales, and you know what, and and you can drill in and look at it locally, and uh, uh, you know you can look at it in Illinois, and you can look at it by you know uh, metropolitan area in Illinois, and all. I mean it. it it's if you if you start into it, you're going to get all suckered into uh, uh, to go in, and you're going to spend an hour and a half in there. Um, but that's you know that that'll tell you where uh, where we're lacking. Um, it'll tell you exactly where we we don't have the talent to match the need. Well, and on top of that, I and I know my buddy Sudhir Gopinath, who ran the plant, was around. One nice man I ever met. What a brilliant guy! An Indian Indian descent. Uh, he used to be a, a an engineer on a ship at sea. Tom, oh Tom, you know if you if something breaks there, you better fix it. There's no store to go to. <laughs> okay, that. Uh, he also married his wife on a Sunday, and they met on Friday night. And he said to her, "What are you? Are you afraid?" She goes, "I'm not afraid of anything. I'm in." They've been married ten years. You we never had a fight. <laughs> anyway, but he. Uh, Sometimes you roll them dice, and it comes up. Uh, it comes up looking good for you. But I mean, I can you imagine what the electrical draw was at a Pullman with 10 guys are welding at the same time? Or if you have a big fixture where there's, there's, there's you know... Yeah, automa- oh, there, Tom, there's a whole industry on taking all the standard manufacturing equipment and making it use much, much less electricity. Um, and uh, it, part of it is uh, is greening, you know, is a, is a yeah. green play, and some of it is just a financial play. Well, but also, um, man, but, but, but don't you think uh, that... But it's a big deal. If, if you decide you're going to triple the manufacturing in Chicago area you don't do it at the same time you cut your electrical capability in half I mean if, if that, we, that's okay we'll, we'll just build more windmills that'll work yeah I, I mean I, I what we're trying to do is is really everything really we're intri- trying to do is across purposes with everything else we're trying yeah, no, to that, do. that's I mean if we actually did this correctly I think we could have a real renaissance here but I I don't see the leadership it's not Democrat first. I don't think anybody has a clue. The city doesn't know. Yeah. The, the governor doesn't know. They don't have any idea what we're talking about. I mean, can you ma- look at the ramp up World War II? We fought that war in three and a half years. That's the number everybody should remember, other than the people dying. Three and a half years. We can't do anything in three and a half years now. I mean, I- that's true. That's true. Hey, two two things real quickly before you kick me off here. Um, one is you had asked about you know who's who's really calling the shots. Um, I, I pulled up the DNC roster, and there's a lot of people on their names that you would know. But, you know, from what I know about them, they're all worker bees. So Jamie Harrison, a former congressman, is the DNC chair. Uh, Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms from uh, Atlanta. Uh, our, our governor here, Gretchen Whitmer. Um, Tammy Duckworth, senator. Uh, you know Tammy Duckworth. Yep. Uh, and, and so on. You go down the line. These are a bunch of worker bees. Uh, if if you're wondering, you know, uh, about pulling the strings, George Soros is an example. 
he's a guy who's been kind of the boogeyman that everybody's denied is is really uh, a mover and shaker here. But we have seen the uh, the um, uh, local prosecutors and and the you know the philosophies in local prosecutors like Kim Fox that uh, that he has uh, funded and funded their elections and you know and that's not a secret and it's also not a secret that he just wrote an op-ed in the wall street journal defending why he did you know why he has done that and, and the importance of it so there are people like that who are you know shaping the policy um, and and i you know i can't give you the whole roster of them but that's just an example well, how do you the second thought that i want to share before you kick me off of here and this is what i was trying to remember when you mentioned mansion that bill that they have is going to cause them to hire 80,000 new uh, IRS agents so that they can collect from people who aren't paying. Now, if you think about that, 80,000 IRS agents, they aren't, that's, that's not what you need to go find a bunch no. of rich people who aren't paying, their ta- paying enough tax. No, they're going after regular people. Out on things. They're coming for you and me. Oh, Tom. absolutely, without a doubt. Kevin, we'll talk about more on Friday, but SP Futures up 19, SP Futures up 61. We'll be right back, Mr. Wayne Manson. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time decay for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. (laughs) Yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed, and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body, too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, owner of Home Source Realty and frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks Radio Show. If you're thinking about purchasing real estate this summer, could be a good time to shop around. Whether you're a novice or seasoned investor, low interest rates and a good inventory make adding bricks and mortar investment to your portfolio an interesting possibility. Many a great fortune has begun with the purchase of property. Call me today for your personal investment consultation, and I would be happy to get you started on your path to prosperity. You can reach me at Audrey Johnson at Realtor.com or call me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Hear ye, hear ye! 
The Homer Broadcasting System is on the air. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now. Hello and welcome back to Stocks and Jacks. I'm Tom Al Eliani on the board. SP Futures up 20 and NASDAQ Futures up uh, 59. We have uh, I- interesting stocks in the Dow. We've got Boeing up 141. We've got Apple up 114. Apple's made a big big run up from, from the bottom. Let me give you the exact number here. I'm going to talk about it. Uh, Apple was down. It, it traded, God bless, it traded uh, 130. Uh, 130.06. It closed on 616. It's back up to 161. It's a a long way up. The 130 was was pretty darn low. Now the question is, are we are we done with all that and uh, at least going to be higher than that, like for a real long time and continuing to get higher and higher and higher? You know, I don't know. We'll we'll you know we'll we'll have to figure that out. But uh, market seems somewhat buoyant the last few weeks. It's a little unnerving. It looks like the Fed is. Uh, I don't think they're doing what they say they're going to do. So the then they're trying to figure out a way to. To tamp down all the numbers, which is very, very dangerous, because in my mind they've been doing that with CPI now for probably 15 years, and and I, I really don't see people that have done that. The same people don't don't change their spots. I mean, uh, my mother used to say leopards don't change their spots. I I don't see all of a sudden these guys coming up with tra- you know numbers that are, are perfect for people and numbers for this that, and the other thing. I mean, I I just don't see it. And uh, now what that means, how much can you really continue to uh, I mean, I, in most of my lifetime, I never really saw the, uh, uh, I mean, I, I mean, you know, I, well, I, I couldn't, shouldn't say that, boy, oh boy, when, when Vietnam, when they kept telling us how we were winning with the body counts, I guess that about as, got about as serious as it got, but you didn't normally expect people to, to constantly, uh, you know, lie in terms of economic numbers and change. Now this guy Bullard, uh, from the St. Louis Fed, which if, I'm not a big expert on who the hell's on the Fed, but. He always struck me as being the most truthful of the bunch. I'm a real monetarist, and he's the one who would say, you know, that the monet- it's a monetary phenomenon, your, gen- your general level of inflation. But you see people, or hear people, one of the guys on uh, CNBC, a lot more time since Dr. Jay's not on there anymore that I haven't seen. Uh, and he was talking about yesterday, look at all the numbers coming out of these companies, and you're going to find that the revenue is up 13% from last year. How can we possibly be in a recession? And my mind would say, okay, I'm going to say the inflation over the last year has been at least 13%. So at the at the best you're doing is breaking even. The best you're doing is breaking even. And you're talking about a population that has not had anywhere near a 13% uh, raise average, median, whatever you want to use, across the population. So we've never, in my lifetime, we've never had as much controversy over numbers because they're making them controversial. They're, they're changing stuff in midstream. They're doing stuff and they're selling you they're not. Well, we're, we're, we're cutting down on the money supply a little bit maybe, but, but how about, you know, we're going to raise the, the, sh- the short-term rates. Well, yeah, but we're lowering the, the far-term rates. We're, 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 we're buying bonds out there and we're selling stuff inside. I mean, it's, I mean, it, it, it's, it's become this massive almost joke, but I don't, I don't see how you can, I don't see how you can do that. I mean, I, I mean, on a, on a very small level, I mean, you, you can fool yourself. Maybe you can fool your family members or your people at work for a little while. But someday, somewhere, the numbers are always going to come out. Now, is, is it the nature of politics 
that all you have to do is push it to the next guy and figure out who is the successful one. I mean, this guy is getting... I mean, I'm no fan of Joe Biden, as everybody knows, uh, just in terms of, you know, his talent from whatever. I never saw the guy do anything spectacular in an entire year, his entire lifetime. He's just a go-along guy, which I don't think we need right now. But it's not like I just like the guy. I don't... Um, I guess the stuff with his sons and so forth, people would say how dishonest he is. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't really know... I don't know about any of that stuff. The fact that he's been accused, yes. Uh, but I just, you know, but I, I don't, I don't, I don't get how we're just we're just going to keep bumping along here, and just whenever something's wrong, we we say it's not wrong, and we and we expect to go forward. And I, you know, I just I don't know how we we go there. I would like if uh, if we ever get Wayne or whatever, uh, we'd like to see. Uh, we got Carl. Carl, what's up, bud? <laughs> Carl is not Wayne. One is from the right, one's from the left. But he's there. Somebody's there. I'm here. What's up, man? Well, you know, it's, uh, uh, I guess I, I get today, and then maybe I get, uh, you know, Jobs Friday. Yes, you do. Well, you never, you never <laughs> are not going to do Jobs Friday, but we have uh, Russell, who everybody loves to listen to, is in Alaska at some, uh, let's hope he stays away, away from the mooses. Is it mooses? No, it's moose, right? Uh, I, I know a guy on the board. They used to go up there to go, to go fishing. You know, the whole state of Alaska is, is a catch and release for trout. You can't even bring a trout home in Alaska, for God's sake. What? Yeah. You catch, you catch salmon, you got to catch a trout, you got to throw them back. Huh. Okay. I guess you get to catch the same guy every day. <laughs> well, you know... It, as, as I'm sure you know, I used to live in Florida, and uh, so of course our fishing. Well, I, a lot of people fish inland, you know, redfish and stuff like that. But I, I was a deep sea fishing kind of guy, so I like to go out and you know go after the stuff that was out in the ocean. And uh, one of the more disturbing parts of that is, of course, you know, that bag limits and size limits and everything else. When you're fishing, you don't know what you're going to catch. You don't know what you have until you get the fish up to the top. But anything that you catch that you haul up from two or 300 feet, if you don't keep it, the odds of that fish surviving are not good. Really? Yeah, well, because they use... they So fish are kind of odd creatures. In order to manage their buoyancy and where they are in the water column, there's there is what's called a swim bladder inside the fish, and it's literally full of gas, full of air. That's you know, of course the oxygen gets taken out of the water. Problem is, like everything else, when you go from three atmospheres at 100 feet to one atmosphere, it triples in size. So if you haul a fish up from very deep water. Uh, the the odds of that fish being able to get back down into the water column far enough that that swim bladder compresses and they actually get back to something approaching nuclear buoyancy is not very good. And there is any time that you're fishing and you're disturbing the water column, there's all sorts of all sorts of things that like to eat other things in the water too, like sharks. Oh yeah. So um, if you throw that fish back, it is significantly disabled there is a pretty decent chance that it will not make it back down if it's even able to get back down to depth uh, at all in which if it can't it dies 
But if it can, the odds of it getting there before something gets it are not very good. Well, one of the guys that uh, well, he was a chairman, he, he was a marketing chief at uh, at CBOE, John Roberts, nice guy. He used to go and he said they had they somebody had developed these hooks and in, in lines. Where all you do is snip the thing, and the salt water like uh, eats through it and dissolves it in like a day. So you don't even have to go in there and dig the hook out of the poor guy; it just dissolves. Yeah, there's. I mean, there's. You know, it, it, if if you foul hook a fish, it's it's probably dead. Oh, all right. I mean, you know, that's that's just the way it is. Um, but you know, I mean, if if he gets hooked in the mouth, like like you should, then uh, the, most of the time, being able to unhook him and release him is not you know it's not all that big a deal. Although. Probably the the worst story of that uh, of that sort that I ever had. We were out one day on my big boat, and I managed to follow hook a marlin. And the the point of the barb went up through the top of his mouth and out one of his eyeballs. Ugh. He actually he let me bill him at boat side. I mean, he's, you know, you ever seen one of those fish? They're not small, okay. And that bill on the front is is basically a sword. If he wanted to stab you with it, he could. Um, he he sat there at the side of my boat and let me unhook him. Well, I don't know if. If he survived, I mean, he still had one working eye, so you know maybe he did. He was still able to eat and you know and hunt and be able to you know be okay. But I, I have never seen one of those fish that wasn't like you know totally whacked from you know from fighting for two hours. You know by the time you get to the boat, uh, that would actually just lay there and let you actually touch him. Uh, well. If you had something in your eye and you thought somebody might take it out, I think I'd probably be pretty docile as well. But ugh. yeah, I mean, it was you know it was kind of interesting. I you know everybody thinks oh you know it's a dumb fish. Same thing, same thing with the sharks. We had, the tiger sharks are. I used to fish for swords at night, and because that's when you fish for them. And after about one or two in the morning, the tiger sharks would usually show up. You're out in very deep water, a hundred miles offshore or so, and. Um, they would once they showed up. You were done with sword fishing because they, you know the fish are not stupid. They know the sharks there and they know what's going to happen. So we take a a big bait fish and poke a couple holes in it and then throw them out with some steel leader and you know, basically fish for sharks. They are smart enough. They know there's a hook in that thing and they will not bite down on it. They'll mouth it. They'll run two three hundred yards worth of line off your spool. And then turn around, come right back at the boat, and spit it back into the back of the boat at you. Oh God! Um, yeah, and they, but they never bite down on it. So I mean, you, there's no chance of actually catching the shark because he never bites on it, and as a result, you know, the, the hook never goes in his mouth. That doesn't sound bad. Um, well, you know, I, I'll tell you what—you have that happen one time. And then you start thinking about whether or not you want to take a whiz off the back of the boat at three o'clock in the morning and take the risk of falling in. Oh, oh yeah, you don't. Hey, yeah, uh, we had some we had some interesting uh, discussions earlier. One from uh, a guy talking about uh, what would a war actually look like with China. But I wanted to ask you. I mean, when when we this this whole thing about this a recession definition and how it's being percolated down and how the uh, I don't know if you read, read the stuff about Wikipedia and how all they're doing is getting uh, editorial. They had editorial say no more editorial comments on recessions and. 
the, you know, there's people from Washington that are, are all over the site redefining the, you know, the term recession. I guess my question is, Carl, who the hell in Washington has that job? Is there like a, a Ministry of Truth from George Orwell's book? Is there some place that is running around telling people? I mean, now all of a sudden, this guy Bullard from the, the St. Louis's Fed is saying we're not anywhere near a recession. I mean, what, what are, what are, I mean, what, can we even, do, do we even know what a, I don't know, I mean, it's a, it's, I, can, I don't know, I was going to say, can you, is a home run a home run, or, I mean, is, every, is everything now up to interpretation? Well, I think everything is up to fraud. I mean, I, you know, I've, I've talked about this, you know, for, for how long? I mean, it has basically been the focus of my site since I started it in 2007, and in 2008, uh, which is you know when it went on my own infrastructure and my own software and everything, but it, I, it, there's Wikipedia is an especially obnoxious example of this because uh, I actually had to threaten to sue them at one point. Okay. They uh, there were a group of people during the time of the crash that really didn't like some of the things that I was having to say, and they uh, put some extraordinarily defamatory stuff up on Wikipedia about me personally. And I went in and edited it, changed it back. They changed it back, and eventually they they left the nasty stuff there and locked it. And I said, "Okay, guys, that makes you an editor." you now have editorial control, um, you know, prepare to meet the lawyers. (laughs) (laughs) So they reverted it to what it was before the crazy started and then locked it again. So essentially, you know, defanged any attempt for, you know, for me to go after them. Uh, But they, they have a habit of doing this kind of thing. And it's, and it's not, it's not always in that sort of context. It's in the context of redefining things after the fact that are, you know, 10, 15 years old. Take a, take a, you want to see another example of it? Take a look at what the CDC did with the definition of vaccine. Oh, yeah, yeah. I get that. Okay. I mean, you know, that is, that is something that has been defined in medical science for, you know, for 100 years. And all of a sudden, oh, no, 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 in the last couple of years, no, no, it doesn't mean that anymore. Now it means this. And, and now you're seeing this happen all over the place in other areas. But this thing with, with recessions, I mean, NBER has had a consistent definition of recession for how long? A uh, real long time. Yeah, and now all of a sudden because the Biden administration doesn't like it, oh, we're going to do it. No, no, that's not what it means. And, and to actually have people in the Federal Reserve, which is supposed to be an independent central bank yeah right okay yeah, we've all known that's bs for how long yeah well, forever um to have the people there come out like bullard and run this line of tripe um you know you got to wonder and then there's the other thing's interesting in in respect to that is that uh apparently uh yellen there was an attempt uh, a couple of weeks ago to fire her well, they should have should have gone through it. Well, you know, but I mean, there's there apparently has been some very harsh language used within the the Biden White House and the staff, and you know, this and that and everything with with her as Treasury Secretary. I, I, you know, when she first became the Fed Chair, I said she's absolutely incompetent, and has no business being there. Carl, she made seven million dollars on taking money from people she was supposed to regulate. She's competent at something. Well, okay, uh, yeah. <laughs> she's competent at managing to to make an awful lot of money from something that's supposed to be a public service job, right? 
Well, not only that, those are the people you're supposed to be regulating. And all they did was well, grow yeah. while she was uh, there. Uh, well, no, I, come on. Now, bribery is part of the deal these days. I guess. Well, I mean, I, we all know this. I mean, you know, we don't use the word bribery anymore, right? Because, you know, that's a nasty word. But isn't that really, I mean, well, you know, look at the trading record of, of people on both sides of the aisle and their spouses in Congress. Oh, it's unbelievable. Well, it goes yeah. all the way back to people are like, oh, no, that's relatively that, that blankety blanket is. How about Hillary Clinton and cattle futures? Well, okay, now when you, oh, that was different. Oh, yeah, well, somebody, somebody within the firm was allocating winning trades to her and losing yeah, trades she, to she, some schlub who got reamed over it. It probably was the firm. Well, but it was, but who, oh, it wasn't being done because it was Joe Schmo on the street. No, no, no. It was being done because it was Hillary Clinton. I, I get that. What I'm saying is uh, that was, in my mind, you know, going back being a traitor that I am, that's a totally different scenario. By the way, I will never vote for her because of that. So it's not like I'm, I'm excusing her because she had trades in her account that she didn't put there, but what's, what somebody else did. I mean, I, I don't even think we could even do that. I mean, I'm not like, well, first of all, we never would, but I mean, she they essentially traded account of her, like I do for people. I have, I have a discretionary authority right. over people's accounts. I, mean, I, I guess if I was a real, I, don't, I wouldn't, I don't even know how I would do it. I don't even want to think how I would do it because I don't even want to know if it's possible. But I guess if I wanted to really, uh, if, you know, if some politician had an account here, which we don't, thank God, uh, I suppose I could do a trade every day with the firm, and all of a sudden, if I had a winner, I'd put it in there. And I was a loser, I'd take it. I, mean, I guess I could do that. I mean, I, I don't. I could never do it with another client. Like I think, the, I think the firm was doing it with themselves, so they, they were essentially paying her off. I don't. I don't think in any. I, I'm guessing. I'm hoping that no other client was hurt because the winners were going to her account. I think the firm was absorbing the losers. I, I wouldn't take that bet. Well, maybe, am I, you know, I'm just going to ask you this. You've known me a long time. How the hell, when I when I watched the part of The Godfather, when my Michael says my father had the ability to put him himself in the mind of somebody else, and that was his strength. You know what, Carl? I've always thought that that was one of my biggest strengths. I always said, okay, what if I was that guy, and what what am I seeing? What what's he seeing to make him feel that way? You know, what, lately. That's become a huge disadvantage. None of these people think like I do. There's no, there's no blanket honesty. There's no, I mean, there's no, I, mean, I, 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 mean, I can't imagine if you and I got dropped into the Oval Office, the first thing both of us, even if there were two of us, much less one, if we looked at the things to do today list, we got to look at it and got to go, what the, what the bleep? I mean, we would have so much crap to do. We would, I, I'd be all over this thing. One of these goofballs in China. Bump into one of our fighters. What I, I'd be, I'd be on this stuff, and, I, and the two of us, we would be, we would, we'd trade off the economy versus. The, I mean, the thought of taking time out from my assistants and saying, "You two idiots, go, go fight about the re, uh, definition of recession." I don't want. I, I have nothing for you to do for the next week, so go and redefine recession around. The thought of of me ever even thinking about that. I, I, and yet, somehow or another, these guys are doing. They they find the time to do this crap. I know, I know. I mean, I you know, I, well, you know, I put this article up a, a couple of days ago. I don't know if you guys saw it or not, but uh, you, you know, with all the corruption and and how ridiculous it's gotten, and it's I mean, it's everything. It's you know, it's this. It's it's all the stuff that went on with the PPP. 
uh, you know, with, with the businesses, uh, firms that had absolutely no business taking any of that money, they found some way to game it, and they did, and they, they basically robbed the treasury. Um, uh, you know, I, I mean, it's it's and it's not on one side of the aisle or the other. It's everybody. And I, you know, and I, I was thinking about all of this stuff, and you know, it's, it runs through my mind a fair bit. And then I realized that when, as I was coming of age, um, my mother owned one of the Pintos. Okay, we we had a Pinto as one of our cars. Don't tell me it was a tan one. I know a buddy who had one. It was no, actually, it was a it was it was a funny kind of like a burgundy red sort of color. Um. Anyway, my sister was driving it. She she just started driving, and she's sitting at a red light, and some guy hit her in the back. Okay, rear-ended her. Didn't hit her very hard, but, but you know, check car accident. So I was tasked, because they, they wanted to keep her to make sure that, you know, she didn't have whiplash or whatever. They wanted to hang on to her for a few hours at the hospital. And and so I was tasked with going and getting a purse and her, her other personal stuff out of the back of the car uh, at the record yard. So I go over there, and, and there's gas everywhere. Right. I mean, it, 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 I, don't, I don't know if you've ever been around, you know, like a car that's had a punctured gas tank. It, 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 the smell is oh, it's awful. Yeah, it's awful. Right? I mean, it was, it, was, it, was, it was like somebody had taken, you know, a 20-gallon gas can and sprayed it all over everything. That's pretty much what it was. Well, if there had been a spark, she would have been one of those people that was killed in one of the Pinto explosions. All right? There wasn't, obviously. And I started thinking about this. I said, you know what? What if that had happened? And I was, you know, I was young. I was full of calm. I was a young man. Uh, you know, like so many are, right? I mean, you know, come on, how many, how many seventeen, eighteen year old boys aren't? Yeah, right? I mean, yeah. we all are. We all, we all, we all think. Number one, we're all stupid. Number two, we all think we're Superman. Oh, yeah. It's, it's. I mean, it's, it's a male phenomenon. I'm, I'm sorry, anybody that says it's not, you're crazy. It's absolutely true. Uh, and I decided, you know what? Uh, I'm not. Gonna, we're not going to get any justice in the courts. I'm going to go find one of these Ford executives. I'm going to whack his kids. And I'm gonna whack his wife, and I'm gonna burn their house. Maybe a little extreme, but well, okay, it is. But you know what? Uh, would would if that had happened a couple of times back in the the late '70s and early '80s, would all of this stuff that has gone on still be going on, or would somebody have thought about it and said, you know what? Um, I can bribe a judge, or I can bribe a congressperson, or I can bribe a prosecutor. I I could just make the argument that I, that you know we're too big to fail, and we can't you know. We can't be criminally prosecuted. Yeah, we'll get fined, but so you know, GM. Well, well, Ford. It came out during the you know the trials that actually were held. It came out that the, that the supposed fix for this thing on the Pinto was like eleven dollars. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. To change the mounting of the of the gas tank so that didn't happen. It, and the thing with the ignition switches on the GM cars was a buck. Yeah, they, okay. they, they, they get it. It's they a, used one supplier versus another, and then the one that didn't have the defect was a dollar more money. So I, I think we'll find, we have we found, like, all the way through here, well, I certainly have, as a certain a, a person a small firm and the people I've done expert witness for and, and things and um, arbitrations, I, I, I very rarely see the right side win. Well, it's, it's not just that, though, Chief. Think, think about this from a standpoint of if... If there had been, I mean, it's it's fines don't do anything. We all know this, right? The customer ends up paying a fine. The the corporate directors, it never comes out of their hide ever. Well, you you could I mean, w- without 
<laughs> executing them in the street. I, I think that's a tad harsh. I, I would I would do things really quite a bit differently. I mean, well, I don't know, yeah. Chief. I don't know if you got to execute people. How about just I, throw them in jail? Well, I would. I I, I don't know. If, take this Commonwealth Edison situation with Michael Madigan. Now, if the guy was getting money from Commonwealth Edison for all these years, and I, you know, we'll see what happens at the trial, but let's say, for instance, that that's true. Well, clearly, somebody at Commonwealth Edison was given the money to do something. Right. Bri- bribes have two and, people involved, yes. right? And, uh, and I'm going to say that what, what I would do is I would, if it was me, and it, it was, if, and if it was true, I, you know, I'm, I'm just speculating, there's ways to do that. I mean, there's 15 people on the board, and I'm sure some of the schmucks on the board are on five different boards, as they always are. Right. I, w- I would say, okay, here's what we're going to do. Uh, the fines are here for the firm. The fines are here for people on the board. You're going to give back half of your board stipend for the last decade. And, oh, by the way, you'll never sit on a public board again as long as you live. And you have to resign all your other board spots. And, and, and take the top five executives of the firm and maybe give them... I, mean, I, don't, I don't know that they need to be in Joliet if it was still open because they're not really... A, uh, you know, I don't care if they walk down the street next to me. But uh, you need to do something. We need to, th- we need to think outside the box. You know, whether they have to be in jail next to the guy who just raped somebody the night before, I, I don't know about that. But I'm, I, I, I do, because you know what? The only thing that actually deters people that, that have a lot of money, I mean a ridiculous amount of money, okay, think about somebody, think about the, you know, the, the, the back when I was running my Internet company, think about the, you know, the Dick Notabarts of the world, okay, the yeah. you know, CEO of Ameritech at the time. Um, what what threat can you make to somebody that that has more money than God lives on the North Shore, nice gated house, you know, da 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 da, whatever, um, other than jail? Okay, I mean, bankrupting the dude if you can actually manage to do it, if you can actually bankrupt him, probably does it because. That, you know, I mean, now you're talking about, okay, now he's a schlub. But he's still got his name, he's still got his reputation. And you know what? He'll find some way to weasel his way back in. It, it, you take somebody like Elon Musk, that, has, that literally has more money than God, and no amount of fine is going to do a thing to him. So the only way, but but you know what? Prison is prison. I don't care how rich you are. <laughs> you're still <laughs> you're still sitting in the Great Bar Hotel. You're not doing what you want, right? Oh, but I mean, we, well, let's go to break and talk more about this because this is obviously a, a huge topic for our times. SP Futures up twenty four, and Nasdaq up seventy two. Be right back. Stocks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com/jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate. Separate the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know. All while exploring how to live your best life through music, spirits, food, sports, travel, fitness, and a whole lot more. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures. It's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into Wall Street's investment gurus. It's for mavericks who believe in life, luxury, and the pursuit of happiness. It's for you! Smart investors don't bet on possibilities 
possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howard, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with their choice. PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and tried to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it's time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, owner of Home Source Realty and frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks Radio Show. If you're thinking about purchasing real estate this summer, could be a good time to shop around. Whether you're a novice or seasoned investor, low interest rates, and a good inventory make adding bricks-and-mortar investment to your portfolio an interesting possibility. Many a great fortune has begun with the purchase of property. Call me today for your personal investment consultation, and I would be happy to get you started on your path to prosperity. You could reach me at Audrey Johnson at Realtor.com or call me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello and welcome back to Stocks and Jocks. I'm Tim Aliani on the board. Mr. Carl Denninger with us. SP futures up 25. Nasdaq futures up 85. We're and right back where we were uh, down yesterday in there. Uh, Dow futures up 166. They're not anywhere near. They were down 450 yesterday, but we had some individual earnings wackos yesterday in the Dow. But uh, the rest of the market is getting has got pretty much all of what it was down yesterday back, at least that. Over in Europe, we've got DAX up 44.3%, FTSE up 19.3%, CAC around up 37.6%. We're in Asia, after the big uh, beatdown yesterday, this isn't much of a bounce back. DK a little bit. 147.5%. Shanghai is down again. 22.7%. Hang Seng's up 77, but I can't emphasize enough. They're still under 20,000, which has kind of been the lowest they've, you know, they got down to 19.4 one day and then rallied like, you know, 1,000 points the next day, one big COVID day over there. But under 20,000 is a big low for them. Uh, again, yesterday, Dow was down 402. S&P was only down 27. NASDAQ was only down 20, so that's hardly anything in the NASDAQ. Uh, Bonds. Up five basis points, 2.78, still way below the 4% we almost were. Uh, band, uh, Bund up nine basis points at 0.88. Uh, Japan up two to 0.19. Uh, oil down a, up a buck 74 now, was, was not up this much earlier. It's 96.16, trying to get back to 100. Uh, Brent up 134, 101.88. Natural gas up a dime, 781. Arbob up seven cents, 312. We've got gold down 630. Is that a big run? 1783. Uh, silver down nine cents, twenty oh four. Copper unchanged at three fifty one. We've got uh, Bitcoin up three seventy six, twenty three three eight eight, and we have the U.S. dollar versus the euro. Uh, the euro is up nineteen, so the dollar is one oh one eighty 
the euro is 101.86 to the dollar, which is still really low, but still above the the dollar was uh, 99 cents. It was threatening to get to a few weeks ago. Eliani, what do you got for us? Traffic weather sports. Thanks so much, Chief. Good morning, everyone. Currently 7.35 a.m. on August 3rd. Let's uh, talk about last night's games. Uh, Cubs lost to the Cardinals with a big gap in scores, 6-0. Sox beat the Royals last night, 9-2, big win. And the Diamondbacks beat the Guardians last night, 6-3. Looking at weather in Chicago this morning, mostly cloudy. We have pretty high humidity today. Rain to come in the afternoon, sitting at 77 degrees at the moment with a high of 88, low of 72. And weather in Phoenix, uh, currently mostly cloudy, 88 uh, about 37% humidity this morning, high of 106, low of 87. And looking at traffic in Chicago this morning, it is mayhem, so let's get into it. We have traffic eastbound on 290 between Route 20 all the way to downtown, which is where the 290 94 construction intersect is, so it's to be expected. Traffic westbound on 290 between Independence and 25th. We got traffic northbound on 294 between the I-88 290 ramp and the I-90 connector. Traffic eastbound on I-90 between the 294 Tri-State ramp and Lawrence and westbound between Lawrence and Cumberland. We have traffic eastbound on I-94 between West Irving Park and Canal Port and westbound between West Marquette and West North Avenue. Traffic northbound on 55 between Route 171 and the Lakeshore Drive ramp. Traffic uh, northbound on Lakeshore between East 18th and East Grand and southbound between Chicago and East McBeth. Let's talk about road closures this morning. Uh, we do still have some road closures um, on uh, Jackson and Balboa due to Lollapalooza cleanup, and that will be between South Michigan and Lakeshore Drive. And we also have road closures this weekend uh, near the United Center for the Windy City Smokeout this weekend that will be happening from August 4th to the 7th. Road closures will be on Madison between Paulina and Damon, and the road should reopen by August 8th. Back to you, Chief. Um. Carl, a couple of quick questions. I was thinking during the break and kind of a follow-on to what I mean, I've thought for a real long time that one of the biggest holes in our, our I'll use the term, our governance countrywide here has been these boards. Uh, but I, just as again, this is me putting myself in somebody else's mind, which I've been doing, failing miserably at lately. Uh, but when I, you know, I was on the board of the CBO a long time ago. I was, I was during the 90s. But the guys who were the outside board people, my feel was that those guys, when one of them was a, a big shot at one of the accounting firms, and uh, which went under, by the way, uh, but he, um, his deep voice always dressed well. And there were a couple other guys, and if you talked to them, they were, they were okay people. It wasn't like anything wrong with them. But the, it seems, Carl, that at that age, it's almost like it was like a double, double dose of Viagra to get the, so, the, you know, the, the suit on, pack up two more suits, go to Chicago or Washington, New York for the board meeting, hop on first-class ticket that the CBOE would probably give you and tell the wife, you know, you still got it, even though she may know differently. And you head up and you, you sit there and you're, everybody's deferential to you and blah, 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 and you're ahead of this committee and the compensation and you, you, you give up the deep voice. And the trick is to never say anything of any substance. And you, every once in a while you go, just remember, you know, we always do, like, the best thing. Always make sure the customer... Some, some total piece of BS you lob out there, like, once every three meetings... You know, because uh, you really never even read the syllabus type of thing. Uh, so, but I mean, I think for, for those people, when I say those people, who knows, maybe we can be that someday, Carol, I don't know, I doubt it, but uh, for those people, the idea of being shamed and tossed off boards, you might as well shoot the guy. I mean, it, it's almost as bad. I mean, it, that, that's, that's what they have left. I mean, but some of these guys, I mean, like, you, you the one that's always the, he just died so we can talk about him, uh, Big Jim Thompson. All the stuff he did here in, in Illinois, he was the he was the uh, what, do you, what do you call the the guy who's uh who's supposed to spank people on the board if they're bad uh, governance. 
governance guy. He was the governance guy for Hollinger, for God's sake. And those were the guy that the guy went to jail, right? The guy from Hollinger. And are they on the Sun Times? Yeah, I think that you know. I, I, I see your point, but the problem the problem I have with it is you need a deterrent that that you, you don't want the bad thing to happen and then have to throw the guy in jail. Right. Okay. You, you, whatever the bad thing is, I mean, you know, let's. Let's just look at some of the, the crazy that's going on right now. You know, now the, the new thing, the new shiny object is this monkeypox thing, right? Well, I had somebody on my forum ask about going and getting the, the smallpox vaccine, the one that's currently available, because they've repurposed it and are giving it to people that are, you know, at potentially high risk of getting monkeypox, and we all know how that happens. Um, and, and they're not at high risk because they don't engage in that particular behavior. Yeah. And and they're like, well, you know, maybe I'll go get this because you know this is something that's been around for a long time. Yada yada. I, t- I took a look at the the stuff that on the consumer side, and and this again, this goes to systemic corruption. On the consumer side, there's uh, you know there's the usual thing about well, this medication might you know you might get in you know soreness where they give you the stab and you know that, that kind of. I looked at the professional side. There's a six times higher risk of cardiac events in people that take it versus those who got the placebo during the trials. This is from smallpox vaccine? Yeah, 1.2 percent. When were the trials, 1880? During during the trials, 1.2 percent. Now, this is an inactivated virus, so this is not a live, this is not a live, it can't give you smallpox. It is an inactivated shot, and it and it's a relatively, I mean, it's, it's you know, it's been around for quite a long time. I mean, it's called Jaipal or something like that. Uh, but I had to dig for this information. It wasn't in the consumer version. If you go on WebMD and you look at the consumer information about this thing, it gives you the usual, well, you know, you might get a headache. You might get a, a fever for a couple of days. You know, the, the usual kind of, I mean, the, the kind of stuff that you get if you got a flu shot, right? And, and, but if you look at the, at the professional side of the, of the page, the actual insert that's in the, you know, that apparently, you know, I would expect it's probably in the insert that comes with the vial of the stuff. Um, 1.2% of the people who got it during the studies had a, had a cardiac event and 0.2% of people in the placebo group. So six times higher risk of having heart damage. Now, if you are at high risk of getting hosed by monkeypox, maybe maybe that's worth it. But for somebody who is not in that situation, to, to go out and speak this this medication on a prophylactic basis is lunacy. You're crazy. Carl, people have been taught now, or I won't say taught, I'll bet you if you had uh, those things available on our block downtown, people would flock to the thing. Yeah, but you know what? If you told people you had a 1% chance of, of possibly having a heart attack and having heart damage from it, would they still do it? All right, well, let me, let's back up here. For a guy who had like five vaccinations, like me, because I never got the scar, and every new pediatrician said, this kid has never been vaccinated. My mom goes, yeah, he has. All right, I must not have taken. Uh, didn't in those days, didn't they actually give you cowpox? Well, it was so the the previous inoculation, this one's relatively new. I don't know exactly when it was licensed. I'd have to go dig, you know, do some more digging. Um, but the original was, was essentially an, an, a attenuated cowpox. 
Okay. Right. That's another so thing. It was for all intents and purposes. It was a live virus. And it's in, we still do use some of those um, that are attenuated in live. I mean, oral polio is, is a live attenuated virus. Okay. We don't use that in the United States anymore, but we used to. And, and if you're immune compromised and you take a live attenuated vaccine, there is a chance, a fairly decent one actually, that it will revert to the virulent form and hose you. So you have to be very careful if you have any kind of immune compromise with those kinds of inoculations are dangerous. Um, but, and, and it happens once in a great to people that aren't immune compromised, but it's, but for something that's truly deadly, it's, it, you know, it's probably worth the risk. Um, the thing is, a monkeypox, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's nasty if you get it, obviously. But uh, so far as we've seen, uh, you know, it's, it's killed a handful of people in Africa and it killed anybody in the United States or, uh, you know, or in, in these other places. And, and we know how you get it. I, nobody wants to talk right. about it because that's politically incorrect. But we know, what, we know what's going on here. And, and so you've got people that are actually, you know, angling. You know, like you said, if you set up a, a thing on the street corner and said, here, you know, come get jabbed for this, you'd probably have a line around the block. Eliani, the, 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 the 30 second history. Mm. Nothing in, 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 well, probably a few things in medical science that I don't know about, but not, I mean, one of the few things in medical science that I, I think is absolutely fascinating is this eradication of smallpox because it was so deadly. It probably was the first uh, bacterial warfare that people did when the British would, would wing blankets full of uh, uh, smallpox, uh, essentially infection at the Indians, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but when somebody discovered one day, hey, you know, milkmaids... Never, don't get it. Don't get it. You have to get this other disease where they got these little pimples with some pus in it, and uh, but then they're okay, and they never get smallpox. So somebody said, well, maybe uh, cowpox, you know, prevents you from getting smallpox. So they actually, if they'd have a breakout, they'd go find a couple of milkmaids, essentially pop pop the pimple for lack of a better term, <laughs> and, and stick and, and shove it into other people's skin. But the 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 cowpox was so strong that even if you already had uh, smallpox, and like on day two, three, four, or five, the monkeypox would kill it. Not the monkeypox, yeah. the cowpox would kill it. So you could actually get vaccinated after you already had the disease, and you would be okay. So then, that's why they, it was never a shot. They put this blob of like this white crap on your, on your arm, take a needle, and just shove it into the skin. It would take like, so it was never a, a full jab like a shot, but somebody's poking at you with a needle probably what, 30, 40 times, Carl, before it was all in the skin, then you got, like, inflammation at the, at the spot, maybe you got a little fever for a day or two, and you actually got cowpox, didn't you, didn't you Carl? Yeah, it was, uh, well, I mean, and, and but that's, uh, you know, now, the, you know, the modern thing is, okay, well, you know, there's some risk with that, so we do, you know, so we do this. But I just, it's, this kind of thing astounds me, you know, that, that everybody assumes that you know that everything's on the up and up and everything's straight and, and all the all the possibly you know here's here's the risk of all the really bad things that could happen it's disclosed you you did it with no with full knowledge and understanding of what the what the risk for you. Uh, bs okay and and you know i mean you look at what happened with Vioxx and some of these other things and it's like you know folks you need nobody ever gets prosecuted when these kinds of things happen how can how can we have a, a honest medical system when you got now you've got people that you know they want this this current inoculation that exists and we have a stockpile of it's not a very big one but we have one 
against smallpox because there's always the possibility that somebody weaponizes it and you know and loses it back out into the world. And, and we stopped routinely vaccinating people against it quite a long time ago after it was declared gone. So there's you know most of the population is probably naive and and will get hammered really badly. It, it, but when you look at the actual the actual professional data that's available to physicians, easily available, and I'm assuming it's on the insert, you're talking about a a one percent roughly a one percent risk above the baseline that is going to do damage to your heart. Now that's I mean that's one in a hundred. That's not a small number. No, that's a big number. That's a that's a huge number. Yeah. And and the thing is, how bad's the damage? Well, I don't know, but a, a cardiac adverse event is not a joke and people look at this kind of thing i mean you know we have we have data on you know on this this uh, pandemic stuff with these things that data was in the original trials as well that said that there was a significant cardiac adverse event risk and and so uh, is but is that widely talked about is that widely in the in the informed consent? of course it's not Oh no no that's you know it's one in five thousand whatever you know what if it's one in five thousand tell me how it showed up in a trial of thirty thousand people because it did yeah I don't I, I you that's you, I was uh, brought up one long term thing it's like regarding you know board performance and I think that's a that's a serious problem in this kind of I mean, the boards are useless they're, they're 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 essentially picked by the chairman which is you might as well forget it I mean, there should be no board right. really but. Uh, I mean, uh, the entire idea of the can the legal system really work against the bigger people? And the answer, in my mind, has certainly been no. I mean, clearly the idea of, uh, I mean, how, when you have nothing but case law, uh, I mean, again, I, I'm very close to the insider trading stuff, not because I've ever done it. Uh, never once gotten the call, Carol. And if it ever was really the call, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. You know, I just, I, I, I look at all the things that go on. You know, I, I had the opportunity when I was negotiating to, you know, to sell my company. I had inside information from all the different places that were thinking about buying it, because that's part of the deal, right? Is that you get you get to look under their kimono while they're looking under yours, and and there was somewhat of a bidding process that went on. So I had inside information, and uh, <laughs> after the transaction was closed. Uh, could I have gone out and you know, bought some options? Uh, well, <laughs> you know, if I wanted to risk going to jail, yeah. Well, I would. Um, I would say that I would. Uh, I would take it if I was wandering down the street. If I went for a walk and I saw Carl's building there, and I saw five limousines pull up, and I recognized one of the guys as being the the chairman of some firm that likes to buy a company a week. I don't know that that's inside. I think I just. Saw five limousines, and it's part of well. That's uh, no, that's not inside yeah. trading because uh, that's that's something that you were able to observe from 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 the public. Yeah, and I would okay. I would have no problem that's, uh, taking a that's shot not on that. The, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about I I had financial data that was not part of people's public filings. Yeah, well, that's totally that's, that's obviously different. Uh, but yeah, 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 but I'm saying, <laughs> but, why, but why can't we? But we have, let's say, according. From what I know, and somebody, of course, will a lawyer will tell me I'm totally out of my mind, but which is probably true. But I, I'm going to say, Carl, that there is there is no law. There's never been a debated law in Congress that defines insider trading. That 
we have had a lot of case law. We've got a lot of SEC rules, FINRA rules, you name it, that seem to change and be interpreted constantly by the regulators that will define what it is if they want to get you, then that becomes insider trading. Obviously, we know right. we know there's some def. Yet, how those people can can walk by Congress, and and yet those those rules, because they're not quote a specific law, they don't apply to Congress, but they they clearly do apply to you and me. I I'm, I'm appalled. I don't I don't see how that even begins. You know, we got a Supreme Court that seems to think they know everything. How how did how did how does that even work? Did these bureaucratic laws that seem to only apply to certain people and not everybody? How did that? How did it even enter the Constitution? I mean, I, the, well, the, you know, it, it it doesn't, Chief. And this is this is one of the things that we we as Americans we've done a terrible job of making clear that this kind of stuff is is and this is un, it, it's flatly unconstitutional. Okay, the Constitution contains a prohibition on titles of nobility, and the the, the, the definition of a title of nobility is that you have, by virtue of your position, a legal privilege that the ordinary schlub does not have. That is what a title of nobility is. Elon Musk surely has it, and he's not a noble. Well you, know, well, you know what? Every one of those people that has gotten away with that, it's unconstitutional. It's not, it's not a question of whether or not there's a specific statute. It doesn't make any difference. It is, it is flatly illegal under the Constitution of the United States for Congress to exempt itself from a statute. They cannot do that under the Constitution. And, and for people like Elon Musk or, or other high-powered corporate executives, whatever have you, that pull this sort of, I mean, let, let's take a look at Berkshire Hathaway. Berkshire Hathaway has an exemption from SEC filing requirements regarding the ownership and, and acquisition of stock in other companies. Why? Because the argument the SEC makes is that to disclose that they're acquiring something, you know, once they reach the threshold numbers, would cause a market disruption. Well, Therefore, well, they, they other people should do have. this, but you can't. That is unconstitutional, period. You know what? The definition, you, you might actually know this. On the trading floor, now, if you're standing like me, you're just a schlump in Revlon or wherever stocks I was in before I was in the OEX, and all of a sudden somebody comes by and buys a whole bunch of options, and you go, boy, we were just, <laughs> haven't had a trade in five hours, and all of a sudden this guy or a girl wants to buy all these calls or puts. So they buy a thousand calls when they haven't many traded all day, and ten minutes later the stock prints up like a buck. Now, right. Now you and I might say, wow, that's kind of funky. <laughs> it sure looks, like, sure, sure looks like somebody knew something to me. Uh, but you know, you know what the definition that the CBOE, just to protect the member firms, was? If, if you didn't participate on the sell side of the print, it was not insider trading. In other words, if, if the stock's trading at 40, if you didn't realize that you, that you were actually going to participate of selling stock at 41, Therefore, you came in to buy the options when the stock was people when people thought it was priced at forty. Obviously, the options are cheaper than if it's a forty-one. So, if you bought that option at say a half a buck, and now it obviously is worth a buck because you sold the stock at forty-one. If you didn't do both sides of the traction, that, transaction, that wasn't considered insider trading. Now, who exactly brought that one up, and how did any how did they get that by anybody? Well, I have no idea. I mean, yeah, you got you got to wonder where that one came from. But I mean, this is. Yeah, this this sort of stuff is pervasive, and 
there there were things like this that I you know that I saw when I was running my internet company, and and uh, you know the kind of thing that makes your eyebrow go up. You're like, well, what? How'd that happen? <laughs> yeah. And then you know, and then thought, okay, that's corrupt. Uh, there there were some hinky things that were happening with circuits and stuff like that at the time that is that were especially nasty because they were severely disadvantaging some people in relationship to others. And then there were some other things having to do with IP address allocation, which was a, there was there was a whole war over that and domain names uh, during the time that I was running the company. And and there was obviously corruption, and the government was involved in both, uh, or government agencies were involved in both. I guess that's the best way to put it. It wasn't actually government directly; it was agencies. Um, but now it's literally everywhere. Yeah. And and I don't care. I mean, it, you know, it, it, the stuff that went on during the pandemic and the PPP stuff. It goes all the way down to the the, the guy trying to run a pub on the corner. Well, now. I mean, I'm going to push back here now because I have a big big discussion Friday for you regarding uh, people giving money. Uh, I'll put, I'll put put a note there for Matt, will you please? Uh, the 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 beaten up that and I don't know the Soros guy from Adam, and I don't know if you do, either, but for him to give. Kim Fox money. Uh, say he did. Say say you and I all of a sudden became you know Daddy Warbucks and we had zillions of dollars and we wanted to support uh, like third party candidates or something and we would go right. interview them and they sound okay and we decided we we're going to give them some money. I don't know that if the guy turns out to be a total tool later on that that's our fault. I mean I I refuse to believe that that Soros is 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 pulling the strings of Kim Fox to the point where. If people get shot in the middle of a gang warfare, uh, it's a they're co-combatants, so everything's okay. I, mean, I can't imagine the man without even knowing him would think that's okay. I mean, just because he gave her money. I mean, uh, how far down do people get into the into the bowels of what these people think before they give them dough? I, I can't believe he knows her from Adam. Well, I uh, no, I think what he what he knows is that she's aligned with a particular political philosophy, and that's enough. Well, I mean. You and I would I mean, just. I, you and I would you say, know, but I mean, isn't isn't that really? Uh, is is there corruption there? Yeah, but it's the soft kind. Okay, I mean, you know, you have you have a group of people that are like, well, you know, defund all the cops, right? I mean, that's their that's their mantra. Okay, I'll support that person. I'll, I'll give that person, you know, ten thousand dollars is for their campaign or whatever, and I'll, and I'll find some way legally to do it. And if it's above the limits, well, then I'll set up a pack and I'll I'll do it that way. Right. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not I'm not I'm not making excuses for the man. I probably wouldn't even like the guy. But I, what I'm saying is, I I wonder if if you and I supported somebody and all of a sudden we found out he was, you know, heading to Thailand five years later and then messing around with little boys. We didn't know that. That's not why we put him in there. We supported him because he was a third party guy and we think that we need a change. I mean, right? I mean, I, how much can you blame us for? I guess is the question. I think it. I think it depends on whether or not there's a pattern that you know. If if, if yeah, the guy goes to Thailand and and messes with little guys. Okay, but what happens when you know when all ten of the candidates you supported go do that? Well, that's that's an issue. <laughs> you, you, you I pick, mean, you, you know, also picked them out of the point at which the pattern. You, you look at the pattern. You go. Um, I, I I no longer believe that this was random. <laughs> I, I could say something nasty, but I won't. I could say we, we could pick him out of a monkeypox party, but I. But, but, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, you know, there's there's a certain point 
And, and I think that's really kind of the, you know, that's sort of the dividing line from my point of view, is that there's a certain point at which you say, I, I don't buy that this is a coincidence anymore. Right. But, I mean, somewhere, I think what we, what we might have lost with the, with the courts and everything else is, was it Jefferson or Madison, one of those guys said, if you lose your mor- morality, this Constitution is not going to help you. Yeah, and it, but, but the thing is, is that at the end of the day, when you build structures that insulate people from the consequences of their decisions. Well, yeah, well, we've done that. Sure we have. Well, but when you do that, then then you have to expect that the you know the rattlesnake is going to go where it finds the easiest you know prey to bite and eat, right? Well, what do you say we continue this on Friday? SP futures up twenty five, Nasdaq futures up seventy six. Back tomorrow, stocks and jacks. Stocks and jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI Pro Direct. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708 349 3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968. What would you say you do here?